Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 20th of February, 2024. Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Coming up in just a minute, we are going to have a, a conversation. I was able to catch up with Flyers defenseman Sean Walker. Perhaps you've heard of him because uh, he has been all the buzz on social media and Flyers Twitter, which we'll get into as well. Uh, But uh, first and foremost, Flyers will be back in action coming up tomorrow night when they take on the Chicago Blackhawks. It'll be the Flyers' first game against that guy, Connor Bedard, and uh, they'll take on the Blackhawks in eight of their next nine games. Flyers are going to have to do something they have not done very well of late. Uh, I think we talked about it on yesterday's episode or a couple of days ago about limiting the amount the superstar opposition player eats against the Flyers. We go back to McKinnon with a massive multi-point game against the Flyers during that five-game skid. Kucherov had a huge night against the Flyers. Pasternak had a huge night against the Flyers. You look at uh, some of the other games that they played just last week, Toronto and Austin Matthews with the natural hat trick. So it has not been easy sledding to limit the damage that superstar opposition players have. Now, coming up in eight of the next nine games, here's who they'll be dealing with. So you got to figure that part out now, and I think that starts with awareness. Bedard, obviously, tomorrow night uh, is Chicago's best player. And then Saturday, it's the New York Rangers, and you got a a lot of good players there, but Artemi Panarin uh, is an elite player in the NHL. Then Saturday, it's Pittsburgh and Crosby at 36, still playing at an elite level. Unbelievable, frankly. Uh, Then on uh, Tuesday of next week, the Flyers are going to face Tampa Bay again. So you've got Kucherov again. And we just saw what he did not that long back, uh, back on the 23rd of January. Then you're going to start out March with Washington. Okay, maybe Ovechkin's not playing his best hockey of his career, but still an elite-level player. Then it's Ottawa. Some good players, Brady Kachuk. You've got Claude Giroux still there, uh, but that's not that elite level. St. Louis, maybe the same thing. And then you got Florida, where you're dealing with Matthew Kachuk. You're dealing with Sam Reinhart. You're dealing with Alexander Barkov. And then you're going to face after that Tampa again, and you're dealing with Kucherov. Then you got one game against San Jose, which is devoid of superstar talent. Then you get Toronto. So again, you have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares and William Nylander. And then after that, you get Boston. You got David Pasternak. Then you got Toronto again. You got to deal with the four I just mentioned from Toronto. Then you get Carolina. You got Sebastian Ott. It's And then then Boston. Then the Rangers. Then you get Montreal and Chicago to round out the month of March. So you got to – if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to figure out how to control the best players on the opposition. And look, they're the best players for a reason. There's a reason why they get paid big money. They've produced and they affect games. But you have to limit the amount of damage those players can do so you can put yourself in a position to go, okay, they might get something, but they're not going to win the game. We've got to focus more on shutting those guys down and making ancillary players or lesser skilled players beat you. It's kind of what you do in football. You go, all right facing this team with a, a great running back. We're going to stop the run. We'll make them, beat, make them beat us with their weakness, their passing game. So you have to game plan that way. And the Flyers are going to have to 
game plan about these guys, and they're all different. Austin Matthews is an unbelievable scorer and shooter. You look at Kucherov, an unbelievable everything, but he's a guy that will slow the game down until he doesn't want to slow it down. Or you look at, you know, David Pasternak, unbelievable shooter of the puck, but can also distribute. Panarin, more of a distributor. So you got to attack them in all different ways. And the Flyers are going to have to figure that out because there's a lot of uh, star talent on the other side that they're going to have to deal with coming down in the last six, seven weeks of this season. It's just the fact of the matter. How they do that uh, remains to be seen. Now, when you're defending those guys, it's not just your defense that's defending them. It's the five-man unit. Everybody's got to chip in. Everybody's got to do their job. But when we talk about Flyers' defense, and I talked to John Tortorella about this yesterday when we were taping Hockey and Hounds, you know, Torts has done all kinds of combinations up front with their lines, you know, moving wingers in and out with Sean Couturier or Travis Konechny or, you know, a, a second-line center role, Lawton in the middle, Lawton at the wing, or whatever it might be, all different kinds of combinations. And then on the blue line, we've seen just about every combination from Travis Sandin on the right, Travis Sandin on the left, with Cam York, with Rasmus Ristolainen, you know, all these different combinations throughout the season. Jamie Drysdale comes in. He plays with Cam York. He played with Jeremy or Travis Sanheim. So there's all these different combinations. But one has not been tinkered with really since training camp. All year, the the pairing of Sean Walker and Nick Sealer, they have been together from the jump, and they have not been separated at any point. John Tortorella said yesterday to the media that um, it's been their most consistent and best defending pair all season. And look, there's something that goes into consistency also with playing with a certain guy. You have an unspoken language or you know exactly where that guy is going to be. Now, we know that Sean Walker came in and has provided a lot of offense for the Flyers, plays the transition game really well. And part of him being able to jump up into the plays is knowing that a guy like Nick Sealer is going to have his back and is going to be in position if he does get caught in the offensive zone. So those two, the way they play off each other, has been one of the bright spots of this entire season and a real big reason why they are where they are in the standings. Now, both guys are out there on expiring contracts, and their names have been mentioned quite a bit by you know different reporters or insiders, whatever you want to call them. And, you know, what are the Flyers going to do? Now, Sean Walker is an interesting one because, while we didn't know much about Sean Walker here, and he's not a household name. He was in L.A. for all those years after playing his collegiate hockey at Bowling Green and then a couple of years in the American League. He came into the NHL back in 2018-19, played 39 games that season. He had 10 points, three of them goals. Then the next year, 1920, we know that's the pandemic year, he played in all 70 regular season games for the Los Angeles Kings, and he had 24 points. Pretty good season. And he, you know, we think of defense when you think of the Kings, you think of Drew Doughty. That's the guy that overshadows everything. So Sean Walker, not this big household name. And I don't know how, how much people here, you know, stay up at 10, 1030 to watch the Los Angeles Kings, when admittedly they weren't the greatest years for the Kings. So that's what he did in that uh, 1920 season, seven 
70 games, 5 goals, 19 assists, 24 points. Got a contract after that. His contract was up. He signed a four-year contract worth $10.6 million, which is an AAV of $2.65 million. Very commensurate deal for a right-handed defenseman putting up 24 points in 70 games. Um, then they come back, obviously, from uh, the pause. And in 2021, he plays in 47 of the 56 games. And he's got 18 points, five goals again, 13 assists. Then in the 21-22 season, he only plays six games, uh, has no goals and two assists, but comes back in 22-23 his last year in L.A., plays 70 games again, three goals, 10 assists, 13 points. He gets shipped to the Flyers. And so far here in Philadelphia, 56 games, five goals, 15 assists, and 20 points. And he's been a real nice find because he really plays the high transition offense fast-paced hockey very well. Defends well, especially with a guy with a little bit of size next to him in Nick Sealer, and really can get the puck up the ice, join the rush, and we've seen all, all the elements of Sean Walker's game. Very nice player. He is 29 years of age, so his name is out there. He's on an expiring contract, and earlier this season, it was a foregone conclusion. You trade Sean Walker, and you get a second-round pick, and you move on, and we're in a rebuild and the whole thing. But there's some reports that come out yesterday that the Flyers are considering retaining Sean Walker, extending Sean Walker. And some numbers came out, $4.5 million on a three- or four-year contract, whatever it might be. And Flyers' Twitter went into a crazy period. An absolute people just going bananas, saying, oh, they told us there was a rebuild. It, they lied to us again. Prejudging anything to do with the rebuild and the general manager before he's even done it. <laughs> it it's kind of funny. I, there, I've been in this business for 30 years as a media member. Not really a media member now, but I'm a content creator. But doing sports radio for a very long time and being in the media, the biggest thing you need to understand, the most important thing when you hear leaks or information or inside information is this. That information got out because somebody wanted it to get out. Or it's agenda-driven. A lot of times around NFL free agency, for example. NFL agents would put out there, my players talk to six teams. That's baloney most of the time. He's talked to two. But he's trying to drive his price up. They are messaging to other general managers through the media. It's an agenda driven leak or sourced information. And the same thing goes for teams. It does a general manager zero good to come out and say, we're in a rebuild, we're going to trade Sean Walker no matter what. Because your leverage is gone. This is all a leverage play all the time. A general manager, you know, I, I think there's situations where a general manager if he doesn't get a certain price for a player, even if you lose that player for nothing, you don't make a deal. And here's why. You don't make a deal because you don't want to be perceived as a guy that will accept less than what you are asking. You get that, you get that reputation, nobody's ever going to come up on their offer. Nobody's ever going to come up on their price. So it is about leverage. You know, the more times you hang up the phone on a guy, say you're not even close. See ya.
that that's not a bad thing. Now, some deals you have to work and it work a long period of time to get done. Some people were saying, well, this information is getting out there. What could, why is Danny Briere putting it out there uh, if that they're negotiate, that they want to extend them? Well, number one, I, I think it's truly is, you know, we may want to keep them. But what we don't know if they do keep Sean Walker is what's the trickle down effect. Sometimes you can't judge just the deadline on the deadline alone. Some players on expiring contracts are made as deadline are, are moved as deadline deals. Other players, and part of it, if you retain a guy, you go, okay, we're going to retain him. But in the offseason, we have another player that we're going to move. And the pieces of the puzzle, the trickle-down effect to put the puzzle pieces together doesn't show its face in real time or at the same time a lot of times. So there's a lot of different elements to this. And you want to have leverage. The Flyers have pieces that other teams want. But if you're not, if another general manager or another team is not going to meet the price, then I would rather not get anything that have the reputation of being an easy mark as a GM in the NHL. That's just me. I know some people just get a second round pick. I know people love draft picks. They love it. They, oh, we'll draft this guy in the second round. We'll draft this guy in the third round. People overvalue draft picks, in my opinion. Known commodities to me are more important. But that being said, how this plays out, if they extended Sean Walker and moved Rasmus Ristolainen in the offseason, is that palatable? But some people are going to freak out if they extend Sean Walker but don't know that the other part of the equation is sometimes a general manager has a deal at this time of year to trade for a guy in the offseason, but he can't make the deal until the offseason. Team can't fit it now. All these are conversations that take place amongst the GMs. And lastly, the other thing is this. It, it was kind of pointed out there that, well, uh, other GMs in the NHL probably, you know, Danny Breer's leaking information. They probably don't want to deal with him. Danny Breer just pulled off one of the most complicated cloak and dagger trades. Not co- It's not a complicated move, but it was for a player that they drafted fifth overall that decided he didn't want to be here in Cutter Gauthier, and nobody knew that he was on the market for six, eight months. Nobody. You know why? Because the Flyers asked teams that they were dealing with not to let it get out. It would severely damage their position in making a deal. And they respected Danny Breer and Keith Jones enough to not let it get out. That is respect. And you want to keep that respect. So how this all kind of breaks down at the deadline, look, the deadline's two weeks from this Friday. Let's not prejudge Danny Breer today on the deadline that hasn't even happened. You're going to spin yourself into knots. Let's judge things as they go. You can't even really judge a general manager in total for three years. Building a team takes time. You're in a rebuild. Some moves you may look at and go, well, that doesn't look like a rebuild move, extending Sean Walker at 29. Maybe if it's a three-year contract and it's the gap, it's kind of the bridge to Oliver Bonk, maybe it does make sense. Or if you trade Rasmus or Salina, maybe it makes sense. If you get a first-round pick offer, for Sean Walker, you may go, okay, I'm going to take that instead. So there's a lot of ways to do this. There's no one way in a rebuild. The general manager has to look at 
all the different pieces of the puzzle. From a financial standpoint, the immediate impact, the short-term or two to three year impact on your salary cap and how the puzzle pieces fit together, and then also the long range uh, outlook, five, five plus years. How do the pieces of your cap fit together? Uh, How does that team fit together from a hockey standpoint and all the other things that go along with it? So just want to put that PSA out there. Um, Don't twist yourself in knots because of a report. A report. Remember, when a report comes out, that information was put out for a reason. It has an agenda, which we don't know what the agenda is. We don't know if it comes from the team. We don't know if it comes from an agent. You don't know where it comes from. But no, there's a reason that information is out there. It's helping someone in some way, shape, or form. All right, let's get to Sean Walker. Jeez, I asked him about all this noise about, you know, being a guy that guy's name that's been out there in trade rumors all season long. So I had a chance to catch up with Sean Walker yesterday after practice, and here's that conversation. Uh, we're Flyers practice with Sean Walker. Walks, how was your uh, stadium series uh, experience overall? I know you don't like the result of the game, but what was the experience like? Yeah, you know, obviously it would have been nice to come out there with a better result, but, um, you know, the overall atmosphere was amazing. That stadium is pretty cool, and to have 70,000 people out there, you know, even though they were mostly Jersey fans, I'd say, um, still pretty cool, really cool experience, and, you know, um, I think they did a really good job, and I was actually pretty impressed with the ice as well. Being an NHL player, you get into this period in February, kind of lather, rinse, repeat, you know, the rigidity of a schedule. To have that to kind of break it up, does it kind of make – things a little you know fresher at this point yeah you know it's a little bit I guess but you know it's it's another game and you know we're always looking at two points um so that's kind of the mindset you just have to have going forward um you know like you said it is kind of rinse repeat pretty much play every other day here but you know every point matters so uh that's just kind of the mindset just gotta this time of year where you just gotta put your head down and go to work controlling what you can control is so important for you guys your name's out there all over the place do you just try and block all that out and, and not let it even affect you or kind of creep into your mind? Yep, that's the mindset. Um, you know, just take everything with a grain of salt. Um, you know, I've had great conversations with Danny and my agent. Um, you know, just it's obviously out there, but if I have any concerns or anything, just, you know, be open about it and have conversations. And um, that's kind of the situation it is, and I, I know where I stand. Um, but just put it at the back of your mind and try to, um, just take it day by day and do the best I can to help the team win as many games. One of the things that I talked to, to your coach about was he, a lot of combinations happen throughout a year. Changes in lines, deep pairs, everybody's kind of played with everybody, but that hasn't been the case for you. You and Nick Sealer have been together pretty much from the jump, and that hasn't changed. Why is that pair work so well? Yeah, you know, um, I don't know if there's one thing I can put my finger on, but it just kind of clicked right off the bat. I think we just kind of read off each other really well. Um, you know, I think we both go out there and we just try to really work as hard as we can. And uh, sometimes it might come off as some safe plays, but, you know, we, we're really strong in the D zone and uh, want to contribute in the offense when we can as well. I'm sure you like the goal that he had. It was his first of the year. Yeah, yeah I was super pumped for him. You know, he's he's worked so hard. We all know he's such a warrior for us in here. Um, I mean, fuck, puts his body on the line every single night for us. So for him to go out there and you know, play the exact same he did and get a big goal for us. That was, that was awesome. I was really happy for him. Well, thanks for doing this. Thanks. There he is, Flyers defenseman Sean Walker. Got to try and just, I guess, put that stuff out of your head. Tor- John Tortorella did say yesterday as well that he's had conversations with all players 
that they're taking calls on and being very upfront with those guys. Um, said that's the way to show them respect. You don't want to keep a player out of the loop and then just make a phone call to him and say, hey, we just dealt you. You don't want guys to be shocked. That's the correct way of doing business. And I will tell you, I'm a firm believer that if you operate as a franchise or organization that way and showing players that kind of respect, those those things get talked about amongst players. And when they're considering, do I want to sign somewhere as a free agent? If you got an organization that really respects the players, takes care of the players, and you know makes it a situation where they're not going to be blindsided, those things go a long way for potential free agents at some point as well. So that's an important element to conduct yourself in a high-class, high-standard operating procedure. And that's what the Flyers are doing. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll preview Flyers Blackhawks coming up tomorrow. Enjoy your Tuesday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.